Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And it is a very spooky episode tonight. We're discussing Myrtle's Plantation, which is one of the most haunted locations in America. That is a little bit lesser known, but it is haunted as fuck. But before we get yeah. into... Myrtle's Plantation, a word from us. Calm your body down. Bing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Bless you. Cough. I did. It was a cough. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think it was like as you were singing it. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I'm like, it's oh gonna no. come out. There's no holding it, guys. Allergies are kicking my ass. So anyway, well, I mean, it was only 30 degrees two days ago. So whatever. I'm so done. I can't anymore. I need the weather to get it together for real. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme, but I really need it. <laughs> I need you to get it together. So sorry if I sniffle a lot through this promo and through this episode. But anywho, we do have the sale. If you have been following on um, Instagram, I've been trying to post a lot more um, reels as the algorithm gods want. So uh, just promoting the 15% off sale as much as possible. It is 15% off, not 20. I did correct that. Um, but yeah, 15% off, no code needed, everything on the shop. Uh, if you have bought before and you would want one of the bath bags, they are available. Otherwise they come free with every purchase. There is the three pack sale that also has the 15% off deal. So um, yeah, everything right now until possibly extending to the end of the month right now to the 22nd. But um, calm your body down. Etsy, everything on sale on Etsy. Um, and then follow on TikTok and Instagram. Calm your body down. Bing. All right, guys. Also, before we get into the episode, we also are going to start talking about our merch before um we got merch we got merch we got awesome shirts we got three different types of shirts four or three three different types of shirts we got mugs we got tote bags we got uh some cool shit out there the wednesdays are for podcasts is one of my favorite uh we also have a casper and becky one which we if you guys noticed i was sporting it at horror hound um, in our picture yes, with Neff Campbell and our picture with David Howard Thorn Thornton. Um, so you guys check it out. We, the link is in the social media bios. It is a link tree and all you have to do is click on DFWTO merch and it'll take you right to the page and you can get whatever you desire there. So check out our merch because all that money is going to go back into the podcast. Hopefully for a table at a horror convention uh in the in the future which would be pretty great that is the dream yes the dream. please support if you can in any way yep because all that money that we make that's exactly where it's going so you guys know where the money's going if you want us to go to a horror convention uh and if you want to meet us and hang out and stuff like that please yeah, and buy the stuff at our table yes so, uh, yes, yes, please support, please. We greatly appreciate. Um, but yeah, it is in, um, it's also, if you follow, uh, 
me, Becky Gremlin. It is in um, Calm Your Body Down links or in my link tree and to the DFWTO uh, merch as well as in Casper's and um, our regular page. There's a link everywhere, so no you, excuses. You can literally you find, find a link everywhere. <laughs> there, it's literally everywhere, so no excuses is basically what I'm saying. No so, exactly. So, guys, grab a uh, grab a seat, get some coffee, get some tea, get some whatever you like, and get ready for some spoopies because we're gonna talk about ghosts. Honestly, these are my favorite episodes to do because I love the paranormal so much, <laughs> and I love talking about the paranormal so much. Um, before we get into talking about it, when me and Becky went to the Borden house back in 2019, one, there's a mother and a daughter that travel the United States and stay at, you know, haunted locations. That's like what they do. Um, and they had just so happened to be at the Borden house when we were, and I think, didn't they come, did they come from Myrtle's plantation or did they... Was it like a month or two in between that they had been there? It had been some time because they were originally from uh, Indiana. That's or right. no Kentucky. I'm sorry, because that was so crazy. We were from Ohio. There was the other family staying there. It was from Indiana, and then the mother and daughter were from Kentucky, and uh, they had previously either a year or a few months back had stayed at Myrtle's and um, just were talking about all the activity they got there picture of an apparition through like a glass door uh, which apparently is very common the mirror which i'm still kind of skeptical about the mirror but apparently the mirror is another big point at myrtle's where well even they were skeptical about that picture they were like honestly we don't know if this is paranormal yeah or not mirrors get smudges old mirrors are even harder mm -hmm. you know to guess if it's a smudge or a mirrors get warped yep too that's another thing people don't realize over time especially if you're in, you know this is in louisiana this is a very humid climate so if it's old enough chances are the mirror is probably warped yeah or it's probably been touched a billion times oh for sure so yeah hard to tell with mirrors but seeing something through the glass door who knows i mean come on if there's nobody that's supposed to be there then what the hell Their is that? picture of that apparition Gave and I still remember chills. that even after all this time, I remember how crazy it too. that was because I knew about Myrtle's Plantation. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd heard so much about it. I'd seen so many things about it. Uh, you know, all the famous, the most famous ghost shows have been there. Um, really early back in season two of Ghost Hunters, they went to Myrtle's Plantation. Um, I believe it was season 12 of Ghost Adventures. I actually watched that today. So still, that's even... 13 seasons back they went to Myrtle's as well this is this is back even when Nick was on the show I'm actually surprised um, yeah um, so Portals Nick to Hell Roth, haven't gone yeah. there yet I am but too maybe they will because there is a third season happening this month so maybe they will so um if you guys don't watch Portal to Hell by the way God, um, it's really good if you like ghost adventures and you like ghost hunters this is the show for you Kindred Just, Spirits is really good too. yeah it Kindred is Spirits is another one and so I think good. it's because with both of those shows, the two, because uh, it's Katrina and, uh, is it Katrina and Jack, Jack Osborne. Katrina and Jack Osborne on Portals to Hell and, um, oh my god, on Kindred Spirits. They used to be on, they were on the last seasons of Ghost Hunter. Amy Bruni and, um, god, I forget the guy's name. 
because they are awesome. They get along so, both shows, they get along so well together as a team that once they are actually investigating, it's like they just, they fit. They play off of each other really Adam well. Barry. Adam Barry. And, and then Chip they, Coffee. They bring Chip Coffee on a lot, and I mm-hmm. fucking love And I him. honestly think that's what it is, because Zach, I love Ghost Adventures, but Zach is getting on my goddamn nerves, Same. to be honest. Um, And he's not an empath, so I'm And he's not an empath, and I'm because tired of that shit. Because Chip Coffee is an empath. And yeah, that is he the is. one thing that I really love about Kindred Spirits is that... So, I love him a lot, because he anybody that has any past connection with Ed and Lorraine... I'm all for it. If you've met Ed yep. Moraine, you're like, oh, in my book. Yep. Um, And when he, you can see the reactions in his face when he walks into a place and he immediately feels it. And I am a very strong empath that I get that. Yep. 100%. I have walked into places where I'm like, Danvers. I'm either like, whoa, or I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Like, Danvers was like, a whoa. Like, I'm comfortable here, but I know there's some shit going on. Or there's like, no, not comfortable here. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Warning, warning, warning. Um, Danvers, yes, definitely. Um, also, any of these places... I literally don't understand turning places where people have literally died the most awful, horrible deaths into apartment into complexes. Apartment complexes. Yeah. Like, Good job, Danvers. <laughs> Good job, fucking Peter Cartridge Gunpowder Factory. Do you know people are still... Rep- people, since they've moved into that, have reported apparitions, closed opening... Or, uh, closed. <laughs> I was like... Closed doors opening on their closed own. Closed opening doors? Well, shirts just opening by themselves. <laughs> Could I you know imagine? Fucked up. My shirt is opening! Oh my god! This ghost is trying to make me flash everybody. I this ghost totally wants to it. see my titties. I, don't I can <laughs> totally believe it. Um... But yeah, people reporting that. People reporting have fa- people heard faucets, screaming faucets turning off and on. It was one video that I saw. I didn't save it. It was on TikTok, and it was someone. It was um, a lady and her husband that investigate different places. They're from Cincinnati because they even they even lived in one of the apartments for like a year when it first opened. It's no, hard to believe you. it's even been a year. They were one like one of the first tenants. They said they never had any experiences, but that other tenants, those were the main ones that they reported. Didn't hear anything about screams, just doors opening and closing on their own, faucets turning off and on on their own, and apparitions. People seeing apparitions. And I'm like, yeah. Because there was an explosion that was heard counties over. Counties over. Not just cities. Fucking whole counties over. And... Like eight people died, and it was horrific. It's like when you when you walk... that place is full blown haunted. I still oh, yeah. to this day drive. If anytime I've ever drove by, drove by there, I still to this day I don't care how all gussied up and fixed up they have it. I still drive by there and and get chills. Yeah, the place is haunted, very haunted. It was like when we walked into Dan that into Danvers State, and it was like. Holy shit. Like, it was... Well, remember those two ladies walked in and that dog wanted to get the fuck out? Like, the dog was fine until it went in the building. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah that dog was like, I'm gonna go with Vicky. I'm gonna get the fuck. That was the... <laughs> I'm gonna get the fuck. ever. Um, let me tell you right now. If you ever see kids or animals acting very strange or out of the ordinary in a place that you've never been to, fucking... Get the fuck. Get with Vicky and get fucked. Because <laughs> I trust kids know 
And animals fucking know. And when I tell you, when that dog, that dog wanted to get the, that dog did not want to be in there. Now, mind you, we were outside when they walked the dog. They, the dog was outside. It Perfectly wasn't barking. Fine. It wasn't doing anything. Nothing. It was fine. Not whimpering, the nothing. The moment that dog walked into that building, it was, it was almost screaming. It was barking so yeah. loud. And kept going towards the door. Going yeah. Towards, he's like pulling on his lead so hard he's like i want to go like i want to imagine living there though like you go home to that heaviness every day because of how heavy it felt and how much you have to pay yeah how much they charge you to live there on top of the fact that that was a fucking asylum too like i mean peter cartridge one thing i guess otherwise if people hadn't died there but that a fucking asylum asylum no thank you it was like when we drove up and Not we couldn't find it. Ever. It was dark and you were trying to figure out where we were. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to get the fuck. I'm like, please get You're like, it was, I literally could not see anything. You're like, I'm trying. And I'm like, I understand. It but was, please get the fuck. It was literally turning into like, I, I was, I was feeling very like night. I was getting like night of the living dead vibes. I was freaking out. I was like, like, like something was, is watching. like, they're coming. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I was, I was having to see very, something at the fucking window. Me too. I That's why I was waiting. saying I was getting night of the living. It was, I was straight up like something was going to be coming up to me. Not necessarily a zombie, but you know what no, I like. I'm something. thinking Night of the Living Dead is the only thing I can think of that something would like be chasing, be coming out of the woods or right the ether or whatever. And then come to find out, we were right next to the cemetery. The cemetery. Okay, because we felt that way the whole time because we were like, oh my god. I understood why we felt like that. Because there, there's been a couple people that I've seen go to that cemetery that get the same exact vibes as someone is watching. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. I and was at like, night, at night it was ten million times. That worse. was fucking. It was so fucking dark. There were no lights anywhere. None. None. We couldn't none. see. I don't know why we were like, let's go to Denver's on a dark at, at night. You know, where we can't see anything. We don't know where we are because we found it just fine during the day. Because you can see the the signs. Well, how on the crazy roads. is that the GPS doesn't tell you where it is either. No, this is these are fucking apartments where people live, but it's almost like Google's like you don't want to go there. Like, they don't, <laughs> like Google Maps like didn't want you to fucking find it, and then just driving up on it, you're wow, like, yeah. why did they keep the curb bright? That looks so fucking. Crazy. I have chills. Literally, look at that. I, have I know chills every time. Every time it. I think seeing it up in person, I was just like. Because, like, when you're driving up on no. that thing, it's like every time we drive up on any of them, anytime we drive up on any of them, it's, it's so overwhelming how big they are. West Virginia Penitentiary really fucked me up because it was the middle of a fucking neighborhood. <laughs> With a giant Indian mound right across the street. Like, houses, Indian mound, playground, houses, prison, <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> you're like i'm prison like this that is i just pretty much describe a half of moundsville west virginia everyone you're welcome not that it wasn't a very the fine only one town, that wasn't big that we drove up on was the borden house and i actually almost missed it because <laughs> we were driving and you're like it's right there it's right there and i'm like where you're like oh <laughs> Almost missed that fucking turn. Well, and I think too, without without knowing exactly what it looks like in the sign, all of those houses look the same. They do favor each other. So it, it's yeah, it 
They did, yeah, they're those old. I kind of saw the houses. sign at the last yeah. second, so I was trying to trying to turn. You know, apparently in Toledo, and again, living in Ohio, because you know, I haven't been everywhere in Ohio, but quite a number of places. I didn't realize how many um like old colonial houses are in Toledo. That doesn't surprise me. And like a lot of them are haunted. Let's go to Toledo. Like how many Toledo? Like how many areas in Toledo were haunted? I did not know. I kind of feel like, like it's cemeteries a... that are haunted. I'm like, what? I feel like there's a lot of Hamilton houses that are haunted. To be honest, everybody follow Blair Bathory on TikTok and Instagram. Who? I found out about her through Jed Shepard. Really? She's amazing. Like everybody, I fucking I'm gonna do love... it right now. She there's listen. She is not a sponsor. I don't even know if she knows we exist. But I'm just telling everybody, I fucking love her. Vi- I love her videos so much. Done. She has creepy stuff. She has, she visits a bunch of different places. Like her and Jed, right before they went to Burkittsville, they were around a bunch of places like in Toledo. I'm like, you guys are not far from me. Um, Yeah, she's awesome. I, yeah, everybody follow Blair Bathory. You will love her. Her videos are fucking, if you're into any kind of haunted shit, like her fucking videos are amazing. I love her. She's hands down one of my favorite content creators now. I love her. We should have her on the podcast. And I love the name. Right? Blair Bathory? I like, I saw that name and I was like. Blair Bathory. Brilliant. What? Brilliant. I'm like, ma'am, are we best friends? Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? You know, listen, <laughs> there are so many people online where I'm like, you don't know I exist, but I just want to tell you that I love you. <laughs> and that's going to be okay because. And in my head, we are best friends. We're besties. In my head, we're besties because... But hey, listen, don't ever say never because I followed Captain listen, Dangerous this one is true. day. I followed Captain Dangerous, was obsessed with her content, and we're besties. Totally true. You're right. I should not... Shout out to Kai. I and we're besties. Say, I should not say that. You're right. You're right. It you might, never know. It might just happen one day. It might just happen. It might just happen, so... If yeah. I had to sit here and actually think about who I would... What content creator I would want to be best friends with the most... I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot for you. Pro- yeah. I just started getting more. Honestly, it would be, it would be Kendra. It would be recently. Kendra and Haley from TikTok. I swear to God, they're the cutest fucking couple and they seem like a good time. Oh, they really do. I love it. I would probably say them. Again, I'm so sorry for the sniffles, guys. I swear. I How dare so you have bad. allergies? I will try so hard not to do that a lot, especially when people are listening. Listen, I listen to, well, I used to anyway. I used to listen to a lot of um, podcasts in my earbuds. So two things that I know people get so annoyed by is people who sniffle or eat into the microphone. And we've never done the eating into the microphone, but... I try really hard not to sniffle or cough into the microphone. We do our best. Like, if we either sneeze or cough extremely loud, we will cut it out. Because yeah, sometimes my sneezes are screams. We do not want to blow out people's eardrums. Because we we do understand that some people listen to this (laughs) with, you know, headphones headphones or earbuds. I totally get it. I used to. So, totally get it. Okay. So, get into 
the history of myrtles of myrtles a uh, big shout out to becky because she found this article um i found this article but i didn't actually read it very much but she did and it's a really it, it kind of puts it a little bit more concisely than wikipedia we're going to be referencing wikipedia a little bit here and there too but i really liked how this article put everything together it's called the history and the haunting of myrtles plantation and it's on medium.com i also want to give a shout out to medium.com because we've used them a lot they i love their articles they have really solid they're articles. so um we use them for our watcher episode that mm -hmm. was such a that was an amazing article especially with that story because there were yeah. so many details that i did not want to overlook but i also didn't want to have a three hour long podcast about the whole thing, but it was very concise and put everything in a really good order um, with really great reporting and information. So yeah, shout out to medium.com. They have been, they have just been incredible, a big help for us. Um, and uh, we might reference a few things from uh, Wikipedia here and there. You know, they're also a great source as long as you're finding information that is cited. Right. But, um, yeah, pretty much all, especially towards the end of the article, I really liked this one because it went into the, uh, I did watch, I did get a chance to watch the Ghost Adventures <laughs> episode today. And they go into detail, more detail on the Ghost Adventures episode mm -hmm. about the the Chloe myth. And I say myth because there's still no concrete evidence about that. Um, William Winter and um, The Mirror. Mm -hmm. So That's uh, another reason why I really yeah. like this one. Because they really go in depth about the hauntings, which is my personal fit. I love the history. I love the history. Yes, I but do I love the ghosts. Put the ghosts in my face, please. Yeah, I would say um, I would recommend the Ghost Adventures episode mm -hmm. a lot because uh, they got great EVPs. Yeah, they did. I, I they got remember really it, great EVP. Yeah. They got really great EVPs in that episode. Um, Electronic voice phenomena. Do 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 quick Phenomenal. background of the actual house itself so um just as far as where it is it is located in francisville louisiana it was built in 1796 by general david bradford <clears throat> and general david bradford was a general for washington county pennsylvania um this was back during the 17 and 1800s. Um, so there actually is a museum and I guess the original house he lived in. So that all that information was from Wikipedia. But in the first part of the article on medium.com, by the way, this was, was written in August of 2020 by Robin, it looks like Robin Kagan Harrington. Um, and it states here that the original owner and architect of Myrtles was General Bradford. He was a successful lawyer, businessman, and deputy attorney general. Bradford lived in a small stone house. It's actually pictured in the article that's still standing. Um, he, but when he married, had children, obviously he needed more space. He built a very exquisite large home. And not long after he finished building his home, he would flee to save his life from his government. Um, and that house is a museum, as I mentioned. Uh, the reason why he was fleeing is because he was involved in what was called the Whiskey Rebellion. I actually remember 
vaguely remember learning about this in school. I literally and, was about to be like, not, why in the world did that just unlock a really old memory? It, it unlocked a really old memory from high school. <laughs> um, so it says here in the article that George Washington placed a price on his head for his role in the affair. In 1796, Bradford left his family safely in Pittsburgh. He then traveled to the Ohio River to the Mississippi River. And when he arrived in the in Bayou Sarah, near what is now St. Francisville, as I mentioned, where Merle's is located, he purchased 600 acres of land. He built an eight-bedroom home on the property and named it Laurel Ridge. I would like to just chime in right now and be like, how nice is it that you can just purchase 600 fucking acres of land? Oh, yeah, you were a white man. I mean... Um, so just in case anybody wants a real quick background, and I'm just going to give the quick, the synopsis here, it's a couple paragraphs on, um, Wikipedia. The Whiskey Rebellion was a violent tax protest in the U.S. beginning in 1791, ending in 1794 during George Washington's presidency, ultimately under the command of the American Revolutionary War. The so-called whiskey tax was the first tax that was imposed on a domestic product by a newly formed government. We were still a very young country um, at the time. Beer was difficult to transport, and it spoiled more easily than rum and whiskey. Rum distillation in the U.S. had been disrupted during the Revolutionary War, and whiskey distribution and consumption had increased during the Revolutionary War. What a lot of people don't realize is it was actually used as an anesthetic and an antiseptic. So not just for what you would think recreational use. It was also being used to numb men who were having limbs cut off and also to uh to provide antiseptic clean off tools clean off the wound whatever so that was another reason in case people didn't know that which is actually um, really funny because like watching old stuff right when they would get ready to do a surgery they would always clean off the knife with alcohol right like so not not all you rubbing had. alcohol i'm talking about drinking like they would have either vodka or rum or something and they would wash well the... and you also have to think the distillation process then it was a lot more pure than what it right. is now so right yeah the whiskey tax became a law in 1791 it was intended to generate revenue for the war debt incurred during the revolutionary war the tax applied to all distilled spirits but consumption of american whiskey was so rapidly expanding in the 18th century that the uh, the excise became widely known as the whiskey tax. Farmers of the Western Front were accustomed to distilling their surplus of rye, barley, wheat, corn, and fermented grains. These farmers resisted the tax. In these regions, whiskey often served as a medium of exchange. So they still very much did a barter system. There was no currency. Printing money didn't even exist at the time. Many of the resistors were war veterans who believed that they were fighting for the principles of the American Revolution and particularly against taxation without representation. History class, thank you very much. <laughs> While the federal government maintained that the taxes were the legal expression of congressional taxation powers, you're welcome, anybody that forgot that little bit from uh, American history in high school. So, um, you know, I mean, sometimes it's nice to... Educate yourself. It's just you, you forget all that shit, and it's kind of cool. It's always it's good cool. to educate yourself. It's kind of cool. Please educate, please educate, yourself. please for the love of God, educate. Read a book. Read a fucking book. Google I in the sky. <laughs> I can go twice. As high. Sorry, listen, that is that has turned into my all time favorite. Same, like, but seriously, listen. You have all of the information in the palm of your fucking hand, probably right now, 
in the palm of your hand. Libraries are free. Google library cards are free. Google you can is get free. On the internet for free. There's a lot of resources. <laughs> and don't just Google something and be like the first article. Mm. No, you need to dig. You need to research. Anyway, don't get me started on that hill. Citations. High school. Say it again. <laughs> oh my God, Say it again. Going back to high school citations. In 1799, the new president, John Adams, he pardoned Bradford. He then brought his family to his new home in Louisiana. John Adams was appreciative of Bradford establishing Ellicott's line that created a boundary between Spain and the U.S., Bradford would sometimes take in law students. One of those students was Clark Woodruff. Clark became an attorney and later married Bradford's daughter, Sarah. So Clark, who was born in Connecticut in 1791, which really is crazy because when I was reading this, it was crazy that I was like, 1776 is when America became America. This is not even 20 years. We are a really young We're country. very young, clearly. Um, Very, yeah. We really need to go through our growth Clearly. period. We really need to heal. We really need to go through this. It's been too fucking long. We're in like a, I feel like we're still in like our teenage. <laughs> Ready to turn 21 now. Anytime. Left, so he left home when he was 19 years old and in 1810 he arrived in Bayou Serra. Citizens in the parish revolted and overthrew the Spanish government and they set up the new Terry they called St. Francisville. In 1814, <clears throat> Clark fought in the Battle of the of New Orleans with Andrew Jackson. And when the War of 1812 ended, Clark returned to St. Francisville and now wanted to study law. In November eight, On November 18th, 1817, Clark and Sarah married. They honeymooned at Andrew Jackson's home, the Hermitage. Now, how crazy is it, though, that even though we were an established country in 1776, <coughs> that even 20-some-odd years later, there were still other countries fighting for property here and a lot of it was down south like louisiana went through there i mean it wasn't just like england people you know it was spain that was trying to come in and get a lot of those florida louisiana they were trying to get a lot of those territories hey spain well. you still want florida you can have them um <laughs> Sarah, come get your kid <laughs> you know just just lasso a rope around it and just take a tugboat that thing right up the atlantic and <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I mean, it is the foot. Right Just take her. We don't care. Pat Oswalt <laughs> called it the ball sack, which was pretty great. I feel I, like Texas I, is the ball sack. I remember. It was just such a great... You, you'd have to hear the joke because I will not do it justice. But I don't care if you don't like him or not. Just fucking Google Patton Oswalt, Florida, ball sack. It <laughs> is one of the funniest bits. I literally can't do it justice. But I was like, oh my God. It, so when you hear it, you'll get it. And you're like, that's very fitting. <clears throat> it's very fitting. It's all sweaty and ugly. Um, <laughs> just hangs there for no reason. It really does. Sarah and Clark moved to Laurel Ridge. <clears throat> so General David Bradford died in 1808. Oh. Clark and Sarah moved into Laurel Ridge to help Elizabeth manage the home. Clark expanded the holdings of the plantation and planted about 650 acres of indigo and cotton. Now, we know damn good and well Clark didn't plant that. But anyway, Clark and Sarah had children and slaves. And on July 21st, 1823, Sarah died from yellow fever. I'm sorry. I just hated the way that part of the article was written. Because I'm like, y'all know damn good and well that white man in the 1800s was not out there planting that cotton. I don't want to hear it. Clark continued to manage I'm going to say boo shit. I'm black, so I'm allowed to say that. 
Y'all know damn good and well Clark was not the one out there planting indigo and cotton. Bitch, okay, I'm white and I know, I know like, fucking damn well it wouldn't happen. No, Clark. Clark wasn't doing shit. Clark. <laughs> just fucking love that name. Clark. <laughs> what about Lewis? <laughs> oh, lol, lol, lol. That caught me off guard. Now I'm like, where am I? Where did I? What? Anyway. Sarah died from yellow fever and Clark continued to manage the home and with the help of Elizabeth to care for his children. July 15th of 1824, his son James died from yellow fever. And in September, it also took his daughter, Cornelia. Isn't that a part of your eye? Cornea. I can see how you saw that, though. When you what? said it, I was like, Cornea. Yep. I don't know I why. I don't know why. Also, just... Cornelia is, like, not... That's not... I that, it feel like that's one of those names that, like, was... Like nobody, there is, there are no Cornelias walking around anymore. Like no. that is not. You know what? I, Cordelia. Cordelia, Buffy. Wasn't American that her name? Horror Story? Well, wasn't that her name on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? The one that nobody like she was supposed to be the dark. I think, so. I think her name she was Cordelia. I was just thinking. I Sarah love Paulson that. Right. I Cordelia. love that name. Yeah, I like that name a lot too. Clark bought the home from Elizabeth, and then Elizabeth died at Laurel Grove in eighteen thirty. After Elizabeth died, Clark and his daughter Octavia moved, um, and then a caretaker managed the plantation. Clark was appointed as judge in District D in Covington and remained in that position until 1834. In 1835, Clark was living on Rampart Street in New Orleans and was elected president of Public Works. Octavia went to finish school in New Haven, Connecticut. In 1836, Octavia moved back in with Clark. In 1838, Octavia married Colonel Lorenzo Augustus Bessencon? Bessencon. Okay. They moved to <laughs> sure. his plantation, Oak, Oakland, Oaklawn, sorry. In 1840, the governor appointed Clark to auditor of public works. He was there for a year and then retired. He moved in with Octavia and Lorenzo at Oaklawn. He was 60 years old. Um, and then he died in 1851, 11 years later, and was buried at the Garrod Street Cemetery in New Orleans. So there's a myth. Of Clark Woodruff and Chloe. The myth of Chloe, a house slave, is perpetuated still to this day by tour guides at Myrtle's Plantation. The story is that he was having sex with Chloe, and Chloe was afraid she would be sent to the fields either because she lost favor with him or because the children were getting older, they would no longer need her to care for them. Chloe would eavesdrop. I'm sorry about my throat. I'm also, she's got sniffles, I've got phlegm. It's it's all over the place. <laughs> uh, Chloe would eavesdrop on Clark and Sarah when she was caught. Her punishment was to have her ear removed. She would wear a turban to hide the scar. Chloe then baked one of the children's birthday cake with oleander. She wanted to make the children and mom ill so they would need her. When she helped them recover, they would be grateful. Another version says <clears throat> she did this for revenge. For some reason, Clark was the only one that did not eat the cake. Sarah and the two of the children died from poison. The other slaves would not help Chloe escape. Afraid of her, afraid of the wrath her actions may place on them, they hung her from a tree on the property. When Sarah and the children died, all the mirrors were covered so they would not get trapped. Yet they forgot to include one of the mirrors, and Sarah and her two daughters were trapped. Right now, according to Wikipedia, and of course, what I just read about the family, this historical the historical record does not support this legend. There is no record. That the Woodruff owned a slave named Chloe or, um, it's been Chloe or Cleo. 
it's been two different names over time. I think now more popular popularly it's been Chloe, but there's I've also heard it as Cleo. Um uh the legend also so not no slave with that particular name. Some slaves possibly but no slave with that particular name. The legend usually usually claims that Sarah and her two daughters were poisoned, poisoned, but Mary Octavia survived well into adulthood and as I read before, Sarah, James and Cornelia were not killed by poisoning but all by yellow fever. Regardless of the factual accuracy of the Chloe story, some believe a woman wearing a green turban haunts the plantation. That's actually one of the most... <clears throat> I remember when I first found out about the story, it was this <coughs> really, really famous um, picture of a photograph that someone had taken of the front of the house, and you can clear as day... I think it's either on the porch or standing by the porch, see a woman in a dress, apron, turban on her head. I mean, it is like... I know and, a picture that, you're talking that about. That picture's been analyzed <clears throat> a billion different times. Nobody's been able to discredit it. So it makes you wonder if that... You know, unfortunately, slavery is a part of our history. There were a lot of slaves that died one way or the other, whether it was brutally or through natural causes, unfortunately. And, you know, who knows if one of them isn't haunting that area to this day for whatever reason. But there's never been any definitive evidence of a Chloe or a Cleo. And we know that the historical evidence does not match the myth because the kids did not die of any poisoning there's record that the kids and sarah died of yellow fever and that was also something that was very 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 common back then too yes. so it wasn't it wasn't like that would be out of the ordinary basically right. so yeah <clears throat> um in 1834 clark sold laurel ridge to rough and gray sterling even though the sterlings owned several plantations rough and and his wife, Mary, lived at Laurel Ridge. They expanded and remodeled the home. When completed in 1850, the house was double its original size. They were the ones that ultimately changed it to Myrtle. So if you guys at any point were confused, like, what the fuck is Laurel Ridge? Um, it was not named Myrtle's Plantation until 1850 when uh, Ruffin and his wife, Mary, ultimately doubled the size of the property and, and lived there. Uh, four years later in 1854, Ruffin died from tuberculosis, another very common disease back then. Mary successfully managed, managed all the plantations, but more personal tragedy ensued for Mary. Only four of her nine children lived long enough to marry, which actually back then is really not that bad. The oldest child, right. I mean, it's terrible to lose a child. Please don't think I'm making light of that at all, but I'm saying for that time... Right. For five you out don't of have nine kids like for five out of nine kids to survive, that's that's a that's a more of a blessing than you than you could know. The oldest child who was named Lewis also died in eighteen fifty four. So literally she lost her husband and a son all in the same year. That is awful. That actually makes me think about Sarah Winchester. Yeah. Made me think about her. Uh Mary and Ruffin's daughter Sarah had married William Drew Winter in 1852. After the war, Mary employed Winter to help with the plantation land and to be her agent and attorney. <clears throat> she gave them the home in 1865. 
1871, William was shot on the porch of the Myrtles. Sarah remained at the Myrtles with her mother and brothers until she died in 1878. Yeah, this part of the story gets really crazy because this was something that was uh, heavily, heavily discussed about in that Ghost Adventures episode mm -hmm. about William Winter and his death. <clears throat> so according to the tour guides, when Winter was shot on the porch, he crawled back inside and died on the 17th step. I specifically remember that, yep. actually. Yeah. Some have seen streaks and pictures of the stairs where William Winter died. They believe it's his blood. The blood can be seen even when the stairs are clean and the carpet replaced. But he never crawled back inside. He died on the porch. Yeah. So that is historical fact. <clears throat> but, interestingly enough, the they did... Now, the porch, is, the porch actually isn't that far from where the stairwell is. So... Whether one story is true or not, they did get a really insane EVP on the 17th step in that Ghost Adventures episode of a man sounding like he was dying in agony. I do remember like that EVP, he, too. He was, I remember it was like it. a, huh! Like, yeah. like he had either been shot or fell or something. And if you if you actually, there's actually even a really, really great picture on this, on this uh, medium.com article or if you watch the ghost adventures episode you can actually see from a certain position where the staircase is in relation to the front door so it's really not that far so um it could be that this is just a residual haunting even from where the placement of the porch is that you could still get an evp that <clears throat> clear but that's just another you know you've got the chloe thing where william actually died the 17th step and the whole thing so you know who really knows you know but um as far as the mirror goes, uh, oh, lost my place in the article. Of course I did. <clears throat> How Midwestern are you? Oop. I hit, I hit the wrong button. Like as soon as I hit, I was like, no. <laughs> the tour guide will show you the mirror and explain that people have seen, as we said before, uh, faces, children's fingerprints, and even claw marks. <clears throat> they explain that the face is actually Sarah and the children are hers. Uh, even people have heard voices of children here too. That's another thing. Tour guides have mentioned it. I think one of the other EVPs that they got on Ghost Adventures was a child's voice. Uh, the claw marks are from Sarah as well. These images are seen in any mirror placed in the exact spot as the original mirror. This is actually the third mirror that has been in the home since 1850. In 1975, the owner of the plantation reported that he was almost killed when one of the mirrors that was placed there flew 25 feet off the wall and hit him in the head. Immedi immediately no. <laughs> immediately no. Immediately no. Immediately no. Anytime anything's thrown like that, that's a hard no. People have claimed to see ghosts wearing a turban that we had been talking about. Most agree that it is Chloe, yet there is no record that Chloe existed, which we had also discussed. There are detailed records from the time with a list of slaves. There's no Chloe and not a name even similar. In 92, Myrtle's Plantation took a photograph for fire insurance purposes. Oh, this is the picture. Yep. yep. The insurance company wanted a picture that showed the distance between the two buildings. They were rejected for the insurance because they were asked to send photos in with no people. They had taken pictures of just the buildings and they believed that Chloe is in the picture. And this is the, if you Google Myrtle's Plantation and look up images, this is one of the pictures. This that picture is comes insane, up. guys. I mean, it's like, I, I don't. Clear as day, I, there is a that person. There is a person there. There is a person. <laughs> I don't, yeah. There's just no, 
there's turban, no, dress. Full person. Full person. They and sent, I was right. It was in between the houses, yeah. not on the porch. Yeah, that's what I thought I remembered. So they sent the negatives to National Geographic Explorer Film and Crew. They determined that the photograph definitely contained what appeared, appeared to be an apparition of what they believed to be a slave girl. The slave girl appeared in the breezeway between the general store and the, ba the butler's pantry of the mansion. The horizontal exterior boards of the mansion were clearly visible through the body. National Geographic Explorer used the photograph in their documentary and suggested that a postcard should be made of the photograph. <clears throat> That's been a wild postcard. Oh, Mr. Nuts. Norman Benoit. Benet, maybe? Um, you know, that might even be pronounced Benoit if it's like one of those like French-Canadian French last <clears throat> names. Hang on a second. I think that is actually how you pronounce it. Benoit. Um, it's Benoit. Benoit. It's Benoit. Yeah, it's um, French. Because the OI kind of made me think, holy. It's French. <laughs> well, this is a terrible reference, but there's also a wrestler's name. And if anybody knows that wrestler's story, I am so sorry. I'm not going to bring it up here. Maybe we might do a podcast episode out about it. I don't know. It, it's, kind, it's kind of a true crime story, but it's okay. really fucked up. So if anybody knows, I'll tell you later. But if anybody knows, you know, especially if Mike's listening, he's like, oh, God. Yeah, especially because yeah, he's a big wrestler fan. <laughs> Uh, so, a patent researchist visited the Myrtles Plantation in May of 95, requested permission to research the postcard. After enlarging the postcard and doing a shadow density procedure, he discovered that all of the physical measurements of the apparition were human dimensions and proportions. The circumference of the head, the length of the shoulder to the elbow, and the length of the elbow to the wrist were indicative of a human. It's stuff like that. You know, I understand people are skeptical. But they were taking these pictures for National Geographic, and National Geographic is like there was nobody in those pictures. I mean, and if you're going to talk about the creme de la creme of the top photograph experts you could ever take a picture like this to, it's definitely going to be National Geographic. Right? And I mean, if they if they can't debunk it, then come on. I mean, that that is... There are very few <clears throat> definitive evidence of full body apparitions, and this one is absolutely insane. This is absolutely insane. I mean, it genuinely looks like a person, but what's crazy is they're 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 right. You can see that it's transparent. Yeah, and that's what really you fucks can see me right up. through it. So no one is quite sure. Oh, that's. Unless you still wanted to read that. Oh, part. I'm sorry. No, yeah. you're fine. You're fine. No one is quite sure when the stories of Chloe originated. According to AmericanHauntingsInc.com in the 1950s, there was a mention There was mention of a ghost. The ghost was an older woman wearing a green bonnet. Almost said Bonet. Bonet. Yeah, no. Bonet. In the 1970s, the home was under new owners, James and Car Carmine Myers, and turned into a bed and breakfast. The ghost backstories were... Aggrandized. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Into the myths that are old told today. Even through Lord. Even though the history of the ghost may not be true, many skeptics and believers alike have reported seeing, hearing, and feeling things that cannot be explained. The house appeared in life in November of nineteen eighty in a list of the most haunted places in America. The article even included the tale of Chloe. I mean, yeah, you know, by that time it's a bed and breakfast. You know, how are you gonna how are you gonna advertise big enough for this bed and breakfast like hey plantation and it's haunted and you know up until that point there was no mention of chloe whatsoever and now you know it's national geographic life magazine biggest publications ever 
boom, let's let's say it's Chloe haunting the place. Why not? <laughs> it's Chloe. <clears throat> and it's been it's been like that ever since. So Reports of mysterious occurrences have been reported since at least the 1950s, according to the grandchildren of one of the owners. There is documentation of the home being haunted and yet another iteration of the woman in the green turban in the June 8, 1977 edition of the Evening Standard. The article states that AAA learned that in 1825, a French governess was hired by the owner to care for his only daughter. The governess had been badly mistreated in her previous job. Both of her ears had been cut off. Okay, there's the one-ear story with Chloe, so there you go. <laughs> also, her only child was taken from her, and she never knew what became of it. Now, she is said to roam the upstairs of Myrtle's plantation. She has been seen peering into the faces of... No, let me tell you right mm, now. If I woke up to a motherfucking face in my face, listen. I will move so fucking fast, you wouldn't even know I left. <laughs> <laughs> It would literally be, feel like a small You would breeze. be in, and you'd already be in the car. <laughs> Doors locked. Like And then you'd you'd feel this small breeze, like, hello. Like where did she go? Where did she go? Same for me. I would call you from the car and be like, bitch, we're fucking. If it happened happen. if it happened to me, it'd be the same thing. <laughs> same thing. You'd hear you'd feel a little right here. And nothing. You'd be like, what? You'd call me from the and car. And I'd be like, hey, bitch, we gotta go. We gotta go with Vicky and get the fuck. We're getting the fuck. <laughs> listen that has happened to me with an actual person that was in my face and i woke Stop. up and they were right there and i bitch okay, it's terrible because it was my dad and i smacked his glasses off his face he deserved it what the fuck was he doing it was not okay when i was a kid <laughs> this is when i was a kid so my dad would always my dad would get up super early he would go to work before we would leave for school so he'd always say goodbye to us even if we were asleep before he would leave for work he'd like give us a peck on our forehead or on our cheek like bye kids love you and i'm like okay you know that is sweet that's very that's you very should totally sweet. do that for your kids but um one day i happened to wake up I guess like mid after he like kissed my forehead and like that and like woke up and boom, dad right there. <coughs> First instinct. Now come to find out years later, my grandma, God love my grandma, RIP grandma. My grandma did the same thing to my aunt. My aunt went to wake her up. My grandma saw my aunt right in her face and smacked her glasses off her face. So I guess that's like a running tradition. Apparently in our it is because you hit my So if off you're my wearing face, glasses. If you're wearing glasses and you're around any member of my family and we get scared, we are going to smack glasses off your face. I'm sorry. My glasses about flew clean <laughs> over, you know, how state reformatory. Remember me telling you I thought a bug flew in my face? I was when I was at the bar with my husband and I slapped my own glasses off my face. So you know what I mean? I have a, there's there's a, like a whole there's here. a whole running theme in my family. There's a running scared theme. Scared and slapping glasses off faces. <laughs> Your face, my face, my dad's face, just anybody's <laughs> face that has a pair of glasses on it. Beware. I get Hilarious. scared, you're going to get smacked. You're going to get stoned. Listen, though, if I woke up and someone was in my fucking face, I'm a fucking... That's a, that is that's like a, a natural, natural reaction. That you're going to hit them. Like, I don't know who wouldn't do that. Okay? Like, word of warning, don't ever do that to anybody. I mean, I remember waking up to my mom standing next to my bed and me about falling out of it because I jumped so hard. Mom. <laughs> I'm going to need you to not ever 
Like, because touch no. me or wake me up. Don't let me just, how long have you been fucking standing there? Or how many videos or even things I've seen online about people, all the, you know, like number one billion thousand three hundred million of why I, so why I don't have kids, um, of kids will just walk into your room and stand there till you wake up. Yeah. In the dark. Yeah. And not make a fucking. Nope. And they st they're literally little Katie Featherstons just walking around, standing there, staring at you for hours. And then you wake up and your kid's standing there staring at you. We're going to get in Yeah, and now, I'm and now I'm driving to the emergency room and I have to explain to social services why I kicked my kid in the face. <laughs> because <laughs> this little motherfucker was just standing there not saying anything. And sir, I have you seen Paranormal Activity? Oh, you sir, have you, Sir, have you seen Sinister? Sir, have you seen... <laughs> I suggest you go watch both of those movies right now. And then you come back to me and you go, yeah, I'd have kicked that, I'd have yeeted that little motherfucker out the window. Like, I totally get it now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I've heard that story so many times and I'm like, I, I feel, I feel for you parents. I mean, for so many different things, but definitely for that. Because the only time I've ever been watched while I was sleeping that I know of was at a church camp when I woke up and one of my, one of the people, one of the girls in the room was staring at me. But she was spaced. <laughs> Honey, what? Oh, she, she was, was super fucking spaced. Oh, okay. But well, I, I didn't know it at the time. I thought she was... Now, I've never been around anybody like that, but you know there's that thing where oh, people yeah. can fall asleep and, like, their eyes are, like, partially open. Listen. I hate that shit. I've never actually My seen that. My sister can. Okay. If she's laying down, her eyes are slit, okay. where all you can see is the white. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's some evil dead shit. <laughs> I will be... But it was funny because I was like... I'd be like, searching for the Necronomicon. I'm like, wait a minute. I was like staring at her really hard and I was like, hello? And she <laughs> hello? went... She went... <laughs> like the That's So Raven gets a, gets a vision look. No, not that! And she's like, yeah? Oh and I was like, God. bitch, I just woke up to you staring at me. And she goes, I'm gonna be quite honest with you. I've probably been out for like ten minutes, and I didn't know what I was staring at. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay, that's fine. As long as you weren't staring at me, it's fine." I'm like, "Thank you for explaining that because right now we're in a church, and you doing that is giving off like omen vibes. I'm gonna need you to not just stare at me, not blinking in the middle of the night in a church, because I would be terrified. Well, it wasn't. It was in the morning. Oh, okay. Still. <laughs> still, I would be fucking terrified. If any, if anywhere is haunted in the fucking world, it is a fucking church. Listen, my old church at night was terrifying. I'm like, I don't know what's in here, but it ain't angels and it ain't God. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> I yeah, really, because you're not supposed to feel that in a church, and if no. you do, you're like. Okay, when, I need to know what When happened. you feel uncomfortable in a church at night, something is wrong. Yeah. Something is wrong. Yeah. And I felt very uncomfortable there at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I had something similar happen where I was like, yeah, I'm not staying overnight here. I'll sleep in a cemetery overnight before oh, I'm staying in this church overnight. No, seriously, I'll do that right now. I'll, I'll do, do it, it right now. now. I'll do it for fucking free. I, They're totally like, fun. if you got paid to sleep in a... I said, bitch, I'd do it for free. Paid? I'd do it for free. Paid? 
that would be the most peaceful night's sleep yes, I've probably would. ever. Yes, it would. You know why? Because in the cemetery, it's hallowed ground. Yeah. And it's calming. And... Nightmare on Elm Street 3, bitch. Hallowed yep. ground. Come on down. Why but at a church, hell, you'd have to pay me to stay in a church now. No. Nope. I can't. I can't do it. Nope. I can't do it. Um. So sleeping guests. So right. I know. <laughs> uh, uh. Presumably still looking for her child. While this could not be verified, the year quoted would have been a year before Clark Woodruff's wife Sarah and her two children died of yellow fever leaving Clark living with his daughter, Octavia, and his mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, there's the article right there from 1977. Owners and guests have reported random footsteps on the stairs, light turning on and off, hearing cries from children, doorknobs rattling, the apparition of the lady with the green turban. Guests have also reported being woken up by the same lady. There are reports of the piano playing by itself. The staff have witnessed spirits and, as a result, do not return. While a television show was being partly filmed at the home, they moved in. They moved the furniture into another room. The furniture was all put back into place once they returned. This happened more than once. We can believe witness Did reports. Did you hear these ghosts like, like Would you stop motherfucking moving the furniture? We keep moving it back. See, that's poltergeist activity. That's so oh, yeah. weird. That is so crazy. Yep. Well, there was also, again, on that Ghost Adventures episode, in one of the bedrooms, a uh, someone reported the bed moving while they were laying in it. Mm-hmm. And at first they thought it might possibly be an earthquake till they looked and saw the chandelier wasn't moving, that the bed was actually moving on its own. And there have been other reports of that happening. The way that the evidence that they had regarding that, the bed is on the hardwood floor. There are scratches all over the hardwood floor from where the bed has moved back and forth. And it doesn't look like scratches where someone is like intentionally moving the bed. These are very erratic all over the place scratches that looks like the bed's been shook. I mean, if you're moving a bed from one corner of a room to another, then scratches on the hardwood floor would look precise they would look like they were going in order these were all around the footpost of the bed in a very erratic pattern as if something or someone was shaking the bed so that right there i that that fucked me up so that's I don't know if a that's, hard pass i don't know if that's the bedroom where the woman is always who they think is this chloe figure but might be this other woman that had her ears chopped off they don't give a name to her but it, it is kind of funny how the ear thing carried over from one story to the other. Because this woman, it was both ears. In the Chloe or uh, Cleo story, it was one ear. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, there's also something that's been mentioned about other ghost stories and possible legends surrounding Myrtles. Um, now again, referencing Wikipedia... There are, uh, the house is reportedly built on an Indian burial ground, and there's a ghost of a young Native American woman that has been reported. That was back from 2014. There's, uh, an archived article. During the Civil War, the house was ransacked by Union soldiers, and a legend claims that three were killed in the house. Supposedly, there is a bloodstain in a doorway, roughly the size of a human body, that will not or would not come clean other legends say that cleaners have been unable to push their mop or a broom into that space. 
This is again from another article in 2013 entitled America's Most Haunted Myrtle's Plantation by Troy Taylor. Um, the plantation is also reportedly haunted by a... Now, this is also mentioned in that Ghost Adventures episode. Again, no... There, there's there's no evidence supporting this, but uh, this is again this is again from an archived article in 2015 called Haunted Plantation Myrtle's Plantation Bed and Breakfast in St. Francisville, Louisiana, by Joe Nickel, who is a, a very famous skeptic. The plantation it's reported reportedly haunted by a young girl who died in 1868 despite being treated by a local voodoo practitioner. She supposedly appears in the room in which she died it has been reported to practice voodoo on people sleeping in the room so apparent now the story i think that they gave on ghost adventures was that it was the girl was dying the family brought in this voodoo practitioner to apparently save her and it didn't work so they killed the voodoo practitioner and she still haunts the grounds the child that died haunts the again none of this this, the, the Union soldiers, the Indian burial ground, none of this has any substantiated evidence. This is all folklore. These are all stories that have been passed down um, that go along with the Chloe story. That go now, and, and again, the only ones that we have definitive is that Sarah did die with her two children. They were not poisoned, though. It was yellow fever. William Drew Winter was shot, did die in the house, but on the front porch. There is no evidence that he died on the 17th step. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that there are a lot of deaths in this. I, I think there's enough real deaths in this house that even if everything else is legend, it, it just it, it, it goes without saying that that this place is haunted. There's That's exactly what I thought. Overwhelming amount of evidence. That so. is exactly what I thought, because I was like. With as much death as that has happened in that home, the haunting is just obvious, you know, at this point. It's just obvious. Well, and, you know, to children. I think any place where children die tragically, especially if it's a mother that dies along with her children, Sarah, the one woman that lost her son and her husband in the same year, like, that's why I'm, it's yeah. a lot of tragic death too. It's not yeah. just death. You have tragic someone was death. shot. You know, Mr. Winter being shot there. Um, everything is the making for a perfect haunting. Yeah. So All even if even if everything else is legend, you know, like we said, there's been enough actual deaths in that place that it, it just I I truly think it goes without saying that it is definitively haunted. And you know, the place has been a bed and breakfast open since the '70s. That's been almost 50 years. There's going there. You have almost fifty years of not only visitors there, but people that have worked there that have said un unequivocally that that place is haunted. Excuse you know, whether me. you're hearing <laughs> sounds, whether you're seeing apparitions, whether yeah. I feel like that's going to be where I finally get my big paranormal bucket list cut off, which is seeing an apparition in person. I feel like that's going to be where it happens. Is uh, yeah yeah is there? I I, I want to see an apparition so badly. I think the activity there is just because I have so experienced much. everything else but that. I've never seen an apparition, and I want to so badly. It's gonna scare the fuck out of me, but I want to see it. <laughs> 
Or you may see it and just not even realize what you saw. Because that happened to me. I when always you saw had a that thing, shadow I always figure. had a thing in my head that if I ever saw an apparition that I would be freaked out. But when it actually did happen, I didn't even realize it happened. I was like, wait a minute. Was that what I think that was? So, I, I mean, it could very well happen like that too. But I mean, like, I want to see one... I say full body apparition because, but it was really more of a shadow person. Like, I, I would want to see, like, to actually capture something. Mm -hmm. Like, we've gotten so many, we've gotten so many orbs and, and other things on camera, but like to actually just take a picture and there's an apparition there, that, that is like. We got a half body. That's we did. We got that a half true. body. That is true. Which is cool, but I want a face. I want to capture an apparition with that face. Yeah. I really do. Like yeah. that, I mean, that I know would that, be amazing. that takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort, but I I would really, really, really love to see that. that that's like my That's the creme de la creme. That's my big bucket <laughs> list is I want an actual Because we've captured EVPs, we've captured orbs, we've captured um a lot of stuff but seeing and capturing a real apparition that is the creme de la creme of ghost hunting i think you know what though the personal experiences we've had i feel like are are kind of you know nothing's ever gonna be nothing ever beats and i i think that anybody can say that that's ever been to places like that that's experienced things like that that if you've had the actual personal experiences that are for you and you alone yep. nothing beats that no nothing beats that it's just hard when you're trying to explain it to someone else especially someone who's just like a non-believer they're like okay but that's fine it's whatever but to have yeah i mean to really get a that that'd be like the bigfoot picture that's like the fucking like that's it. Here it is. Right there. Like full, full on evidence right there in your face. Because it's we been kinda, done. We kind of do have a picture of Lizzie. Oh, that's true. You just don't have a face. That's true. Which, still, I want to get a face, but you have, we got her. It's a lot of energy. We got her um, body torso. and an arm. We torso. got a torso and an arm. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of energy for that. It does know, take a lot of energy, uh, which is why it is the creme de la creme because it's rare. You don't you don't get that very often. Seeing it in person, perching. <laughs> when you see them perching, <laughs> when when you're seeing it in person or getting it in a photo. This place looks absolutely amazing, though. Um, I can't wait to go. Yeah, I mean, if anybody is interested. It is, it's just uh, myrtlesplantation.com. You can book a room to stay. Um, it is do, a bed and breakfast They still, also right? It is a bed and breakfast still. They do have a general store that's still open. They do guided day tours. They do private tours. They do evening mystery tours. Um, if you, if you it's book It's 26 a miles outside of Baton, Baton Rouge and <laughs> Baton Rouge and okay. 98 miles outside of nolens if you book a room do you get a tour with it i don't know i would imagine you would i think you would though i'm sure there's a combo i think you know and i think i even remember those ladies mentioning that there is a tour before i would think it would be the same as what we had at the gordon house i would think it you would get be the tour, tour, you get the and, tour then, and then you get to do what you, you want and, then, and you, yeah. you're in your room so uh it it looks 
gorgeous. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it does. Look, <clears throat> listen. Even even without hauntings aside, <laughs> I I I just I, I you know. Well, that's what we it's, said it's, about it's the Borden house beautiful. too. We it were is like, beautiful. The fact that we're literally standing in the house where this happened is exciting. We don't care if something paranormal happens or not, which it always does. <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah. I would like to say though, at I, I, you know, uh, my reserve. I, I would have reservations anywhere else as far as a plantation. I'm kind of like, mm. right. But you know, the history of this place and I truly believe it's haunted. You know, I really, really, really do. And any place, no matter the history, I, you know, I, I feel like for us, anytime we visit a place that's haunted, it's really more about the honor of the people you're, you're doing something. It's more about the connection that you have with these people rather than the actual place, no matter, you know, cause people can think, Oh God, even the prisons, all this is so controversial, but it's the, it's the, you know, the fact that these were real people that are now deceased that are stuck and you have this connection with them that it's, yeah, it's sort of in a way like you're, I don't really know how to say it. Like you're, we just when we go, respect it's like a respect to when them. we go There's no, it's very much you know because that is one thing and again like we've mentioned with some of these other shows where i just i don't I, I think it just lacks a lot of respect and not even just the shows i think people act like that these weren't people at one time and there's they just a lot of pony tricks and there's just a lot of disrespect so i feel i feel like when we go to these places no matter what the type of place it's about showing the utmost respect to these spirits because they were people and also they know we're empaths they know too. and usually and when they too. know they make themselves very known to you right because you can feel them and they know you can feel them they know you can see them they know you can touch them they're they can touch you and you can feel it and I'm not saying if you're not an empath, you won't get experiences like that, because you will. But they're more drawn to empaths because they know that we can feel them. They don't have to do anything, and we can feel them. They just exist, and we can right. feel them. But yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, when we go anywhere, when we do our cleansing to open ourselves up to the spirits at the beginning... We always do it with the utmost respect because oh, right. they're people. <clears throat> 100%. And I know that they know that. Yeah. These people that go in and... It was really bad at Waverly Hills. These yeah, people was, that go in and literally just want them to do pony tricks, they expect it. These are fucking people who well, died. I mean, and listen... <clears throat> Who hasn't fucking seen Beetlejuice already? I mean, literally, that is the whole fucking point of Beetlejuice. Yeah, it is. It's the whole point of the movie. Really? It is. It's a great movie. It's an amazing movie. It's funny. It's visually stunning. But literally the entire point of the movie is be respectful to spirits. They were once people. They don't do tricks like a puppy. That's literally the whole point of the people. Literally <laughs> ask your friend who is alive to do the shit that you ask spirits to do. And see how your friend reacts. Just just do it. Yeah. Because your friend's going to be like, what the fuck? 
I'm not a fucking dog. I'm not at your command. I mean, Lydia even says it in the movie, like, if you don't ask them to do tricks. Like, that's literally what they wanted them to do. They were trying to build a whole theme park around. Lydia's like, the Maitlands are people. They're actually really nice. I saw some ghosts. I don't want to talk to Barbara. My mom's name was Barbara, too, so that always kind of weirds me out. <laughs> no, you don't need to talk to Barbara. Just say it. <laughs> Barbara. Oh, it's the best. I fucking love it. <clears throat> anyway, guys, that was so much fun. I loved talking about this tonight. If you've been, please send us an email or a DM or something. Yeah, let we us know if you've had any so experiences. on our list. We are definitely planning on going someday. Also, don't get married on a plantation, okay? Anyway, so next week, um, yeah, please don't do that. Anyway, next week, <laughs> we are talking about, oh, guys, listen. Okay, so I literally did not know this was a thing. Apparently Casper knew. I did not know this at all. Literally did not know this. Randomly came up on it. <clears throat> it was somebody's Instagram post and I was like, what the fuck? Okay, so we have mentioned this many times how we refuse to do any episodes about the movies, Jeeper, about the Jeepers Creepers movie. Um, I know other podcasts have talked about the movies and that's fine they can do that but um we will not talk about those movies because those movies were written and directed by a pedophile uh you know we're not going to go into it we've mentioned it before it's it's open knowledge at this point anybody can look it up anybody can google it the man is a convicted pedophile so uh it, it just so it goes without saying yep. why we don't, uh, there's just also a lot of, there's just some imagery in those movies. I don't know. I've seen interviews. It just weirds me out. So we will not talk about those movies on the podcast for that reason. It's something that we hold very strong. Um, but one thing that we will be bringing you next week is apparently the true story behind the Jeepers Creepers movies. If you are like me and did not know that, did not know until recently. I would like to say I only knew because of TikTok. <laughs> that's, I, that's the only reason. <laughs> Dennis DePew, uh, DePew apparently killed his wife and dumped the body in a manner that was very similar to the first movie. And of all things... It was a brother and a sister driving by, hence, like the movie, that pretty much blew the whole story open and is how Dennis DePew was caught. So um, we will be talking about Dennis DePew and that story because I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's a true crime story, so it goes right along with one of our true crime episodes and I really think it's a story that not a lot of people know. I, I don't think a know. lot of people that knew that Jeepers Creepers was a real story. I had no And clue. apparently we need to talk about the real story behind Scream. Too. The Florida Yeah. Yeah. The the Florida <clears throat> killer. Yes. There is a there uh Discovery Plus great documentary about that. Great the Gainesville Ripper. Yep. The Gainesville Ripper. Great, great documentary. Came 
came out right around the time that the new Scream movie came out. So I was like, perfect timing, Discovery Plus. Uh, wonderful documentary about the Gainesville Ripper. There's been so there's a wealth of knowledge out there about it, but this one is really concise, especially with the comparisons with the Scream movie. But uh, yeah, highly recommend that for anybody to watch. But please, yeah, listen in next week. This Janice DePew story. I, I really believe there's a lot of people out there that know nothing about this. So like I be, said, I literally only knew it'll be TikTok really interesting to talk about. So it was something about like movies. Cause I had seen, I had mentioned something about the screen being a real, being based on something that really happened. And I guess TikTok heard me. So this TikTok came across that was like movies based on real stories and, and there's so many out them. there that you typically it's it's inspired by you get a lot right. of those and uh, you know and you can total when you start putting it together you can totally see why um i'm real i am i am genuinely excited to talk about that next week that is it's, it's gonna it's be excited to bring it to people's attention because i really don't think a lot of people know about it i so. don't either so i'm excited yeah to it was even it a an unsolved mysteries episode so it was, a, it was a story that made national news. So it's it's crazy that not many people know the connection between it and, and Jeepers uh, Creepers in the movie. So yeah. All right, guys. Well, of course, you know we have socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at DFWTO Podcast. The handles are DFWTO eighty eight eleven. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey or share any share any of your ghost stories, please always never think that we don't want those we always want those um because of course you know we will compile another episode to do the ghosts listener ghost stories again uh dfwto8493 at gmail.com also please subscribe and like us on podbean google Podcasts, spotify and itunes leave a review make sure you like and subscribe that way you know whenever we put out new episodes usually every Wednesday but sometimes it happens when it's not things happen and if you're following life you happens. would know life happens exactly life you would know that life finds happens. a way <laughs> <laughs> all right guys have a wonderful week be safe out there and remember don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original, original. bye, bye.